It's Catholic. From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Friday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Yes, indeed. Good morning. It is a great day to be alive. And this is GRN Live program broadcasting across the Guadalupe Radio Networks at September 11th, 2020. Friday, 23rd week in Ordinary Time, and it is pleasantly fall-like uh, where I am. We had a little blast of cool air that came into North Texas yesterday, and for the really the first time after a pretty blistering summer, it felt kind of like fall, and I, I just love that feeling. It's so exciting that uh, the seasons are changing, and uh, wasn't that pretty cool? That was awesome. I was freezing. <laughs> It was cold. I, I threw on a hoodie because it felt great. And it, it was yeah, cold. It was freezing. No, I'm, I'm, I'm like the, uh, I, I didn't wear shorts to work, but I'm kind of like, you know, wear the shorts until it gets to be about 40 degrees, you know? Oh, I wow. Mean, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, a bit different body Are uh, you from California? <laughs> no, Can't do that. Never no. lived in California. I, I lived, actually, I lived in Hollywood for about six months. In but, college, uh, all the California kids had shorts and, and, and until 30 degrees. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. defying the weather. Does it get 30 degrees in California? No, no. Uh, I mean, oh, in college. Oh, oh, the people so that they're, came here. Okay. Yeah, they're from yeah. California. I gotcha. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. You can see we got a, a lively crew here uh, uh, bringing in this Friday. Cecil Anderson is uh, behind the board producing. Good morning, Cecil. How Good are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. And uh, Diane Xavier, the silent one. Diane's here, <laughs> yeah, and if she really wants to jump on, she can, but I think Diane kind of prefers to be behind the scenes. And go to our Facebook, our YouTube, our Twitter feeds. Diane does a, a fabulous job. She plans this for days and puts images up and all the different shots of all of us behind the scenes. Uh, well, I mean, we're doing the show here, so go to uh, any of those platforms. The handle is at GRN Online. Of course, as I mentioned, September 11th, it's the 19th anniversary of the 9-11, uh, September, uh, well, September 11th attacks, uh, four coordinated terrorist attacks by the Islamist uh, terrorist group Al-Qaeda against the United States on this morning, 19 years ago. And uh, I saw on Twitter this morning, Bishop Michael Burbage of Arlington, Virginia, uh, had a great uh, statement. He said, may we be united in prayer today for those who died in the attacks of 9-11, for the protection of our country, for the wisdom of our leaders, and for the safety of first responders, and for all those serving in the military. May God bless our nation and stand beside her and guide her. And uh, so thank you, Bishop Burbage, for that. And it kind of ties into the theme that we're talking about throughout the hour today is, do we have a common philosophy? Do we have a common morality? Because at least on that day, everybody in this country came together and said, that was wrong. I mean, that, that was a horrific thing for them to do. And I don't know any decent person that uh, would have said otherwise. Right. I, I was in sixth grade when it happened, so I didn't understand the context of 9-11. But I remember, you know, a decade after just reading through and pouring through a lot of the Wikipedia pages and articles, just seeing how September 12th, the day after, was one of the greatest days to be an American. Yeah. I mean, everyone was so united. And it was incredible to watch and to read about. Yeah, I want to talk about that in a second because uh, we all remember, you know, like you, Alex, you're a young guy. Sissel was really <laughs> small, but let me hold on to that for a second. I do want to say it connects to this. Uh, halfway through the show, we're going to talk to a wonderful Jesuit uh, priest, Father Robert McTague, and he has wrote a book uh, called Real Philosophy 
for Real People, Tools for Truthful Living, published by Ignatius Press. And uh, in the preface, uh, <laughs> Dr. Malloy's holding it up for the camera. I thought you were holding it up for me. <laughs> uh, and just to kind of give you a tone of uh, his book, in the preface, he says, uh, The world we live in now is a mess, both intellectually and morally. There seems to be little we uh, that on which we can all agree. And he talks about ethics in one of his chapters, the art and science of evaluating human behavior in terms of ought and ought not. And so some of the things in the stories, uh, in the, even in the news that Cecil will get to, we'll talk about, you know, can a decent person support, you know, this movie or this action or, or you know, as we talk about things like abortion and all that. Before that, though, I just want to give a quick reminder, next Tuesday begins... The fall Sherathon, talking about fall weather moving in just in time for our Sherathon. So thank you, God, for that. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, and I, I know this is North Texas. I think most people are probably getting a little bit of a, a cooling down, hopefully. Uh, so September 15th, next Tuesday, 7 a.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, celebrating 20 years of Catholic Radio on the Guadalupe Radio Network. So please, please, please make plans to call in and donate uh, during that week, during four days, you got forty-eight hours to call in. Okay, so just just please do that. Twenty-four-seven. Well, oh, yeah. well, twenty-four-two. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well, actually, uh, no, twelve-four. There you go. Yeah, so that's tw- more hours. reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Well, so Cecil's can... not going to be here at night taking calls. Uh, well, uh, she hasn't been asked to, but okay. I mean, I definitely the... spend the night in the back room all the time. Here. Everybody's got to take just, a break. Yeah. So. She's, she's going to move in, but <laughs> all right. So I won't confuse you by giving the the Sherathon phone number, but I do want to give you the phone number because uh, we're going to hit on some pretty big topics today, and we'd love to uh, hear from you. Do we already have a call, Cecil? Uh, no, no, oh, no. Okay. Oh, all right. That's something else. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. All right. So I got a couple of things about the nine eleven attack. First of all, as I mentioned, it, it did unite the country, and that, that was really great, and uh, we were not united now, but everybody, except for Cecil, because she was too young, remembers exactly where they were at that time, and you were at a pretty important time in your life, huh? Yeah, just beginning to teach at University of Dallas, came back from class, and, and, the, and, this, and the administrative assistant looked at me and said, you know what's happened? Because I was all, like, laughing and, you know, joking, oh, yeah. she, and she said, you know what's happened? I said, no. Yeah. Anyway, that was that was, and then she showed me the pictures. Yeah, as if starting off teaching uh, at a new college or university it was well, wasn't stressful enough. It I, was intense. Yeah, I, you talked about being in sixth grade, Alex. I, I had just started teaching my first teaching uh, and only teaching position I've had at a at a actual brick and mortar school at Bishop Dunn Catholic School here in Dallas. You know, and you start in August and you know, you're two, three weeks into the school year and all of a sudden this happens uh, during, you know, first or second period. It was like nine o'clock in the morning, as I recall. Yeah, it was 8.46, I think, uh, Eastern time. But there's a really interesting Twitter account that I follow. It's uh, Ari Flesher, the, the former press secretary for George Bush. Every 9-11, he live tweets what he and the presidential, you know, everybody with the president was doing at the exact moment. So... All day today, you can go to his Twitter account and follow exactly what was going on from the president's perspective. It's oh, a right. very fascinating read all day. And he shares pictures of artifacts that he saved, um, like flight flight plans and of, of, of uh, Air Force One and different things that he saved for 20 years now, 19 years. Mm. Uh, it's a really fascinating read. And it's yeah. one that I follow every year. So Yeah. And Cecil, you had an interesting perspective because yes. th- th- when it happened, uh, like I say, you're three years I old, three but years later old. it impacted you. Yes. Yeah, so um, I was three years old, so I don't think I remember the events happening live. But I do remember very early on, it was next year or the year after that, 
that they replayed some footage from that day. And I remember seeing the plane hitting the building and it really scared me. And it actually kind of caused my fear of flying very early on because my parents said, you know, when I was five or six years old, were like, you're going to go on a special trip with your dad. You're going to get to go on an airplane for the first time. And I burst into tears and mm-hmm. said I didn't want to go because in my opinion, after seeing that one clip, that happened every day, you know, planes yeah. uh, crashed into buildings. And so it's interesting because I don't remember where I was that day, but I'm the, living the generation that has never known anything different, never known not going, like going through airport security and things yeah. like that. Yeah. We've always done it. So it used to be people, you know, waiting for somebody to come off a plane could be at the mm, gate. Right. Yeah. You know, nowadays yeah. you, you can only get to the gate if you have a ticket, right? Yeah. Uh, those are the old days. I was telling Cecil about the day when I was a kid, and this is a different topic. We, you know, there were, you didn't have to wear seatbelts. You know, I flew out of the car one time. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, as a two year old, I flew out of, out of our car. It yeah, was... they used to just stuff people in the back of like those Volkswagen bugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting times. That's what my so, mom did. Uh, it's just stuff, stuff all the kids Eight of in us. The, in, in the back of a VW a bug. bug? Bug. Seriously, were you like piled up? Oh, on we're top all of piled on top of one another. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Wow. So, uh, anyways, yeah, and Diane said she was a, a a student at Texas A&M University at the time, and her roommate came over and said, "Hey, guess what happened?" But you know, and I, I will say also, you know, that's the second. Um, I was at school, so I didn't watch it. The second one, people got to see live on TV a plane crashing into a building, and I think back, like even in nineteen uh, what sixty three, where people were watching live as Jack, uh, as uh, uh, what was it, Jack Ruby got shot. Uh, um, no, no, I'm sorry, Lee Harvey Oswald mm-hmm. got shot by Jack Ruby live on television. Nowadays, we kind of take it for granted. Most of us watched. Uh, unfortunately, all the riots live and you're seeing all these live streams. You get to see a lot of stuff you don't really want to see live. You know, it's, yeah. it's pretty, and again, like the impact it had on Sissel, you wonder what, what impact it has that we see so much violence. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes even not live, but just after mm-hmm. the fact. I mean, you go on Twitter, you see a lot of really bad stuff all the time, if you, unless you just avoid it, which probably you should. And we've said it before, but we had that moment those few days after George Floyd, uh, you know, was killed. Where the nation seemed to come together, and yeah. then it just yes. it didn't yeah. it didn't hold it mm-hmm. fell into anarchy. Mm-hmm. It uh, did, yeah. So, anyways, uh, God bless uh, and uh, the souls of all the people who died in nine eleven, all the first responders, all the hero heroism that uh, was exhibited that day. And may we one day come together again. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four and Cecil. You are following some of the stories in the news. I am, yeah. So yesterday, President Trump uh, had a, a released a list of 20 additional names of potential Supreme Court nominees, which included three senators, uh, Ted Cruz of Texas, Tom Cotton of Arkansas, and Josh Hawley of Missouri. And another interesting name that was on the list was Sarah Pitlick. And if you don't remember who that was, she was part of the defense team for, care, uh, for the Center of uh, Medical Progress that had um, had David... Delighted, 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 who was the one, if you remember, um, who exposed a pan, Planned Parenthood employees, basically admitting to on um, these videos that he released, admitting to selling parts of aborted babies um, for profit. And so she was part of that. So she's pretty strong pro-life stance there. Um, so those are coming out. I mean, I'm sure everyone has different opinions on the list where some good and some bad. So yeah. I bet they're all pro-life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Some of them are super outspoken pro-life. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I mean, 
You know, uh, you know, some people describe Trump as the most pro-life president that uh, we've ever had. I think that argument could certainly be made. I think he's the one that's most overt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the names that was not specifically on this list, but it was on a previous list, uh, is Judge Amy Coney mm-hmm. Barrett. Uh, who was criticized when for she was being Catholic for being yeah. Catholic? What what is it? The dogma lives the dogma loud? lives uh, loudly within you. Something yeah. like that. That was yeah. That was that was interesting. So yeah. Trump said uh, all potential Supreme Court nominees would be justices like the late Antonin Scalia, Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito. Nice. And so you, you can't. Yeah, that's I'll, the, I'll take them. Yeah, <laughs> the hit list, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, the top. I, that's not yeah. the right word choice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You sound a little greatest mafioso. Yeah. <laughs> greatest yeah, hits. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the, the, hits, the hits just keep on coming by Dr. Chris Malloy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, and in some really tragic news, a uh, tabernacle was stolen from St. Catherine of Alexandria Cathedral in Canada this last week, um, and. It was recovered, the tabernacle itself. It was thrown into a canal nearby, um, but none of the hosts have been recovered, which um, it, the local bishop made the point, um, Bishop Burgi made the point that tabernacles can be replaced, but the precious hosts, the Blessed Sacrament, can't. And so um, it was caught on video around 4.30 a.m. that two people were caught breaking into the cathedral stole them, and then uh, the par- parishioners actually launched a search. Um, a bunch of them got together, and they were able to find it, but again, not the host. So it's interesting, though, because if you think about it, I mean, obviously, whoever stole it knew what it meant. Yeah. You know, they knew that because they, they left the tabernacle, which yeah. the tabernacles are usually Gold. made out of very, yeah. very yep. precious items, but they took the host because they know that that's something they know it's Jesus. You that's know? creepy. Yeah. Can I, you think I, of how offensive that is? If you do know what that is and you still do that you don't have theft in mind you just have ill will mm-hmm. that's a direct offense against god i mean right. that, that's really high on the don't do list yeah right. but it puts it interesting deliberate sacrilege yeah, yeah it's just an interesting perspective because you know a lot of people have a hard time with that you know the belief that it's the uh true present presence but that just shows that even these people did even though they abuse that belief yeah. but if there's any silver lining and there's not much uh it, it's the the fact that the you get a reminder of the preciousness right. of the sacrament uh there was a quote from a spokesman from the parish said uh there was no blessed sacrament recovered and our hopeful presumption is that the consecrated hosts dissolved naturally in the mm. water where the tabernacle was found right. so it got it does give everybody like we're doing right now an opportunity to talk about the real presence mm-hmm. because uh unfortunately even most catholics don't believe in right. it right yep. yeah and you know oh, it, have they done a massive reparation i don't think they anything this article said anything about that um but that would definitely that, that would be a good be idea. Appropriate that would to be do, a right? appropriate. Yes. Yeah. 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 Now in Siena, there there was um, um, way back in the 1700s, bunch of hosts were stolen. Actually, the money was stolen, um, but the, these hosts were um, dumped by thieves. I think the gold was was taken. They were dumped in this. Uh, in, in, sorry, in the donation basket. They all got dusty. Oh wow! And so the bishop did a massive reparation, but they found the hosts. And they've uh, miraculously uh, not they've disintegrated. Tapped, right? mm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. My family's wow. gone to see that in Siena. It's fantastic. It's yeah, 
Yeah. And so I, I think all people of goodwill, again, kind of carrying on with the theme, would agree you don't do this. I mean, right. even if you're not a Christian, right. even if you're an atheist, you you know, if this happened at a, a Jewish synagogue or a Muslim mosque, right. I would say, no, you don't do that. You don't go in and destroy the no, Torah, right? So, absolutely. again, is there anything that we can all agree on? And uh, I think the third story is another yeah. example of uh, we I'll should agree. all agree we on should. this one. Yeah. In theory, yes. So... There's been quite the outcry about a movie that was released um, called Cuties that uh, originally premiered at Sundance Film Festival, where I was actually this year. I did attend and I did. Um, I saw they had little snippets in the previews and I saw it and I was like, that doesn't look so great. And I read the um, synopsis and I was like, I don't know about that. But I never knew how how bad it was. Um, but basically, it is about 11 year old girls who start a dance troupe. And use quite suggestive um, moves in it. And not to mention, it's a, it's a coming-of-age story, but it throws a lot of things in there. And a lot of people are accusing it of... Uh, that it's... Or just, people are saying that people are justifying it as a pedophile angle um, mm-hmm. of the flick. And it's... And it was released on Netflix, and that's when the main outcry came. It's on Netflix where a lot of kids can see it. It's not restricted in any way. Yeah. You yeah. you can see how they dig at the family, too, because right. she's got conservative, you know, yes. um, Muslim parents and, uh, you know, but, but the real people who really love her are these other people encouraging this. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, because yeah. that's how that works. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some people are saying that the head of Netflix should be arrested. Mm-hmm. I mean, some are saying, you know, on pedophilia uh, or, or child exploitation charges, and I don't see that happening. A lot of people are the campaign to cancel Netflix. I've never had Netflix, so there's nothing mm-hmm. to cancel. I got rid of it this yeah. summer. Yeah, I'm done I, with them. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know if 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 enough people do that. If I, I just don't, I, don't know. I, I, I think probably as many people are going to say, "Oh wow, really? That sounds interesting." And they're going to join. So I don't know if the boycotts help, but like I said, I don't have it in the first place. So yeah, but. there's a petition going around right now that has I think about 160 thousand signatures to get it removed at least. Um, and interestingly, I was reading through some of the signatures and the reasons why people were canceling it, and. Um, it was a lot of Muslim people very offended at the way that their religion was portrayed. Mm, yeah. Um, which is interesting because I feel like normally people who agree with this ideology would be defending Muslims and they're, you know, would, yeah. they don't, you know, criticize right. them. You know, they it's, do it when it's convenient to take right. down Christianity. <laughs> right. Yeah. But they don't like Islam. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. They don't like its moral rules. Right. It's a strange relationship between yeah. uh, left-leaning people and Islam yeah. because you would think there would there would be polar opposites, but sometimes they do embrace it. If you want to comment on the show, we're talking about a lot of different topics here. Uh, is uh, is there a common philosophy? Is there a common moral code that we can all agree on? Can we agree that some things are always wrong, like exploiting children in movies, like flying planes into buildings, like uh, supporting abortion that we'll talk about here in a second? 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. And I, I will just say in light of that, uh, I don't know if it's any coincidence that uh, there's a new California bill that uh, many people have been talking about that lowers penalties mm-hmm. for adults who have sexual relations with a minor. There's a lot of details that I don't want to get into with the law because it's, you know, it's a family program, but it's, uh, you know, I think this is all calculated, the timing, the, you know, they, they, they it's it's just uh, a, a slow degradation of the moral fabric of the society. And as soon as we start fighting one front, you know, we get hit on another one. And it just, it seems the hits just keep on coming. Mm. You know? Boiling frogs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just so tragic because you just, 
I don't know, any little girl that sees that, it's such a terrible representation of how um, they should learn to respect themselves and others. And so, you know, you just worry about that. I know we've been kind of going down this downhill for a while. There's been a lot of films that have been released, and it seems that kids are growing up a lot faster than they should these days. But, um, yeah. I tell you, for parents, it's so it's heartbreaking to 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 know that you have to broach some topics mm. much younger than otherwise. Mm. But you have to you have to beat the other people to the punch. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's you want so to hear from to you about. first, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Wait, uh, wait till your kids just, get yeah, up. There. Yeah, my kids are four and three. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm already freaking out about when they're six and seven. It so used to be I have when no I was like kids. maybe when they're I'm twelve, thirteen, out. I have to start dealing with this stuff. Yeah. For me, I'm it's I'm already preparing for it. It has to be younger, yeah. It's, yeah. Because or else they're gonna hear it from something yes. else somewhere yeah. else. But you know it's so scary to me. If as long as we're like, hey, we're gonna wrestle this the bad aspects of the culture and we're not gonna shy away from it and then I think you can win. Because you're right. like, hey kids, you're in a battle and you're awesome. Right. And you need to win this battle. You need you to win. Yeah. yeah, it's much better to think up right front and forward yeah. about it. Certainly yeah. gives us a lot of opportunities to talk to our kids, right? Uh, let me move on to another topic before the bottom of the, of the hour. Uh, last week, we talked about the Father James Altman. Uh, very, very viral video that went out, and it was uh, called, You Cannot Be a Catholic and Be a Democrat, Period. And that has been viewed over a half a million times. It went viral. And this week, since our last show, there's been response from a couple of bishops, at least. And I'll just give you a couple of quotes. In fact, in case you're not familiar with it, Father Altman, of course, it was called, You Cannot Be Catholic and Be a Democrat, period. He said, um, among other things, the problem in the world today, as it was in Noah's day, and as it was in Abraham, Lot, and Sodom and Gomorrah's day, and as it was, and Jesus warned us it would be, is that there are way too many people who don't know the first thing about Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the video cuts to photos of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and former Pre- Vice President Joe Biden and a photo of an abortion rally. Uh, he says, and so we can see in the many godless politicians and the godless education system and the godlessness of so many sheeples, they are most definitely not serving him. They are not fulfilling their purpose in life. Uh, and then one more quote, he said, there will be 60 million aborted babies standing at the gates of heaven, barring your Democrat entrance. Uh, he said, while criticizing the Democratic platform's commitment to legal protection for abortion. Uh, since then, Tyler Bishop Joseph Strickland came out last weekend endorsing the video by Father James Altman. And he said, as the Bishop of Tyler, I endorse Father Altman's statement in the video. And then he said, my shame is that it has taken me so long to do so. Uh, thank you, Father Altman, for your courage. On the other hand, um, Father Altman's own bishop, Bishop William Callahan of La Crosse, um, did not feel the same as Bishop Strickland. Let's just say that um, he is a, says he's attempting fraternal correction. Uh, and he said in his statement, Canon law indicates that before penalties are imposed, we need to ensure that fraternal correction, rebuke, or other means of pastoral solicitude will not be sufficient to repair the scandal. He's referring to Canon 1341 in the Church's Code of Canon Law. And then Callahan emphasized, quote, the undeniable truth that motivates his message. He went on to say, when we approach issues that are contradictory to the faith and teachings of Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church, particularly on abortion and other life issues, we should invite dialogue and heartfelt conversion to the truth. Our our approach must never seek to divide, isolate, or condemn, end quote. And so, 
Bishop Strickland is coming out saying, I endorse it. Great. I only wish I had tuned right. it sooner. Uh, Father Altman's own bishop is saying, message okay, tone not okay. That's tough. I, I think that, you know the fo- to focus on the political platform is is the key. You know when uh, and and I keep coming back to this. I, I hate to bore everybody, but the <laughs> 2002 document CDF yes. participation in political life it says, look, um, th- you know, there's freedom in political life, obviously, but we well formed Christian conscience does not permit one to vote for a political program or individual law which contradicts the fundamental contents of faith and morals. Then they specify. We're talking about abortion, euthanasia, number one. We're talking about the right to educate your own children, number two. We're talking about marriage. Sorry, that was number three. We're talking about true marriage, number two. And then uh, forms of slavery like drugs and, and trafficking, that kind of thing. And then lastly, peace. Listen to this. It demands the absolute radical rejection of violence and terrorism, hmm. which yeah. speaks to our summer. Now, yeah, um, of course, yeah. there's a lot of that. Now, the the official, I think, uh, USCCB position, which I find a, a little bit vague, uh, they say the church says that Catholics can vote for a pro-choice candidate as long as they don't vote for him because he's pro-choice, and they have what's called proportionate reasons. Hmm. Uh, and I don't know, that that's where I think it gets wrong. See, in, the abstract, little... in, in the abstract, you might say that, but then you have to bring this to bear. Let's think 20 years from now, and an analogy. 19th, let's say 1960, you're thinking about Hitler. And someone says, hey, there was a priest back then that was denouncing a political program. He was denouncing a, a specific candidate. Maybe the bishop in the 30s is upset that he's denouncing a particular candidate. Mm-hmm. Well, look what happened. Yeah. How many did Hitler kill? How many have we killed mm-hmm. with abortion? Yeah. And I, and I think it gets messy every four years. Yeah. But, you know, if, if we just kind of said abortion is always wrong and no Catholic can support it, forget about politics. I don't want the, the you know, the, the guy at the men's club meeting in my parish getting up and talking about being pro-abortion. And, and so if we could squash it at the lower level and then and just say it's always wrong, Catholics can't support it. And then every four years, we wouldn't have to go through this. You know, but it always blows up and there's confusion and you've got, uh, now you've got, and I know Alex, you, you saw this story as well. A group of Catholic theologians, activists, and nuns have signed an open letter to Catholic voters urging them to oppose Donald Trump, who they argue flouts core values at the heart of Catholic social teaching. And so now you got the other side saying, don't vote for this guy. You right. Know, it's got, a mortal sin to do this. It's not a mortal sin to do that. It's nothing's a mortal sin <laughs> and oh, just do whatever you want. And then every four years, you're right. It's just, Confusion. That's Confusion. what it is. They neutralize all the issues. But, you know, the, the 2004 letter of Rotzinger to McCarrick um, goes like this. <laughs> not, Who did he write to? Speaking of. Speaking <laughs> of McCarrick. Uh, not all moral issues have the same weight exactly. as abortion and euthanasia. For example, if a Catholic were to be at odds with the Holy Father on the application of capital punishment or decision to wage war, he would not, for that reason, be considered unworthy to present himself to receive Holy Communion. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. So all these people who are saying, you know, just war is equal to abortion, that they're not, they're not right. Just well, just war is a big issue, and just war. You have the, who under what regimes in the past fifty years have we uh, declared war? It doesn't break out like just Republican. It it goes, you know, Republican it goes Democrat. Right. 
not to get political, but it goes both parties is my point. Right. But capital punishment, some people like sort of equate that issue with um, the abortion issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's right. no there's no question that the war has to be just. It of has course, to be a just yeah. cause. It has to be executed justly. But uh, but the question is, you know, who's deciding whether it's a just war? You know, the, the leader has to make that decision. Maybe maybe their leader errs. Father James Martin said in a Facebook post, neither party or candidate fully expresses Catholic teaching in its totality. Neither party fully expresses the vision of the world that Jesus offers in the Gospels. But if any candidate did, did fully express the Catholic Church and says, okay, here's the Catholic Catechism and this is my platform, <laughs> yeah. and then, then, we would, then we would have no, no separation of church and state, right? 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 The answer to Father Martin, natural law. That's what we yeah. say. We're, it's not a Catholic program. It's right. natural ethical principles. Right. Father Martin flouts core and obvious ones for the whole history of humanity. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that there needs to be more emphasis on Bishop Callahan from Lacrosse's uh, statement that says, the undeniable truth that motivates his message when we approach issues that are contradictory to the faith and teachings of Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church, particularly on abortion and other life issues, we should in- invite dialogue and heartfelt conversion to the truth. That's true. If you stop right there, and then let's say, you know, yeah, maybe his tone and maybe he got a little too political, but let's, let's, let's hit that, that topic. Let's hit that, you know. Let's do it. Let's then, dialogue, man. But we spend a lot of time talking about tone and, you know. And that's the, usually, uh, that's often just a, a cover for, I don't, I don't really want to hear the content. Yeah. Yeah. Another quote from Bishop Strickland, uh, voting is not an easy task, nor one to be taken lightly. On the contrary, it requires research, prayer, and discernment. We must ask ourselves, do we believe in God? Do we as a nation believe in God? Strickland wrote, adding that Catholics must also ask themselves if they believe in God's commandments and in Catholic tradition. I mean, just go through the, the Ten Commandments, nice. you know, and, uh, and and like you say, natural law, falling back on that. Maybe there should be a natural law party, you know? It just <laughs> says, be we, awesome. we follow natural right? law. Or a Christ the King party. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yes. That's what I'd promote. A little on the nose, but yeah, that would work. I heard that, uh, I don't know if this is true, I heard that, that Kanye West was going to call his party the birthday party. Did you hear that? Because, no, seriously, because he's... Every day is a celebration. Well, 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 he, birth, he, he is pro-life. Birth. Yeah. I think yeah. he's tying it nice. in. To, it, and that, I was like, well, that kind of has a ring to it. That's nice and a goofy. Kanye West yeah. thing, though. Yeah. That's Who, who's great? Very on brand, right? It'll get a headline yeah. for a day. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> also, gonna, how, real quick, speaking of Kanye, did you see his massive TV screen in his compound in Wyoming? It's like no. 100 feet by 100 feet. <laughs> oh, he was watching really? the He was watching some sport on it, and it's like he's tiny, and it zoomed out, and <laughs> it's this <laughs> massive, massive TV screen. It was very Kanye. You could social distance. Is it bigger than like a movie theater It was like in an airplane. It was pretty much the size of a movie screen, maybe bigger. Yeah. But it was like oh in an airplane hangar. It was ridiculous That's and really great. cool at the same time. <laughs> All right. So, so what are the things as we go to break here in a moment? Uh, what, what as a culture do we all agree on? You know, I mean, what's uh, you, you shouldn't fly planes into buildings, yeah, of course. That's bad, right? Yeah, that that's bad. I mean, but even you know, setting buildings on fire. You know, you've had cases of. People disrupting people, eating their meals. Antifa and BLM are doing that, and not everybody condemns that. I mean, can we just come to some conclusion that there are some principles that are always, I mean, some actions are always bad. Right. Well, is right. violence always evil? Uh, I, don't, I don't know that define, they're all agreeing on it. Violence. Exactly. So a guy comes yeah. into your house with a gun and you beat him up. I don't think You that have violence. to define violence by what is against nature. So yeah. you need the nature. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's what we're going to we talk about. We don't have about. a nature. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Father McTague will shed some light on that. So, all right. Good conversation. And again, if you want to join in the conversation, you're always welcome to do so. 877-757-9424. We always uh, kind of touch on the light topics here on uh, Friday yeah. morning. Oh, yeah. Frivolous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great, great way to say? start the, uh, Sunshine start the and butterflies. Sunshine and butterflies, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, God is in control. Kumbaya. Ultimately, we're a people of hope. We know that, uh, you know, it, it all ends well. Right. But uh, we, we, need to, uh, we need to teach and instruct and... Uh, and teach natural law. And I know Father McTague is going to agree on that. 877-757-9424. Take a quick break and come back with Father McTague, who has written a really nifty book uh, called Real Philosophy for Real People, Tools for Truthful Living. So we'll talk to him when we come back. Solidarity HealthShare is rebuilding Catholic healthcare in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so you never have to worry about your healthcare dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all healthcare needs, protect human lives, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity HealthShare in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic healthcare by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Is the Lord calling you to be a missionary? Hi, Joe McLean here, and the Guadalupe Radio Network is calling for rosary missionaries to join with the GRN in praying for very special intentions. Would you be one of them? Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Together, we can bring the power of prayer to bear on a dark world in need of the light of Christ. Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Next week, we will be hosting our quarterly share on Tuesday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time. The GRN is 100% listener-supported, and for only 16 days out of the year, you have the opportunity to be an active part of the GRN family by making a pledge of support for your radio station. Please pray for the success of the share We are so very thankful that you are part of the Lord's divine providence, sharing of your prayers and financial gifts, which sustain the work of evangelization through the powerful means of radio. I invite you to tune in and join us next week as we share how Catholic Radio has changed so many lives for all eternity due to your support to keep your station on the air. This is Len Oswald, President of the Guadalupe Radio Network, with your GRN Family Minute. We are your Catholic Radio, radio for your soul. 33 minutes after the hour now. Thanks for joining us. This is the Friday morning edition of GRN Live, broadcasting across the Guadalupe Radio Network. And uh, just an FYI, you know, Joe Joe McLean is on a trip with his family. He's going up to Wyoming. And so Monday morning, uh, we are going to be back on, uh, joining uh, Tim Mott in the Houston studio for the Monday GRN Live. Joe doesn't so. know this, but I'm actually going to Wyoming. Oh, is that right? Oh, okay. You're going to go check on him or well, what? if someone's going to Wyoming, I'm, I'm going to be on the back of the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he's already there. So. Oh, I think that, that train has already left the station. Oh, so, Anyways, we appreciate your calls, your comments. Diane said we've given some comments on social media. We do stay uh, on afterwards and have a little after show, a little less formal, and kind of discuss the topics that we uh, have talked about during the hour on the radio program, 877-757-9424. Happy to uh, bring on the program now Father Robert McTague, uh, a member of the Maryland province of the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits. He's lectured worldwide on philosophy and theology. He's a member of the National 
National Ethics Committee of the Catholic Medical Association, and he's the host and producer of the radio show The Catholic Current that airs on a wonderful Catholic radio network based out of Buffalo, New York, called The Station of the Cross. And Father McTague has written a book called Real Philosophy for Real People, Tools for Truthful Living. Good morning, Father McTague. How are you? Hello, uh, good morning. Glad to be of service to you today. Yeah, Father, I don't know if you remember, I, I have worked on some of the appeals there with the Station of the Cross with Jerry and Debbie and the, the crew up there, and so I've been on the air with you up in uh, the Station of the Cross. So, uh, anyway. Oh, yes, ha- happy memories. Uh, thank, thank you for promoting the, the good work of, of the Station of the Cross. Oh, certainly, and thanks. And by the way, uh, Dr. Chris Malloy, who's uh, good morning, from the University, University of Dallas well, professor, well, well, uh, teacher, and also Alex uh, Trevino is here. Good morning, Father. Uh, good morning, good morning. Good, good to be working with Faithful Catholics today. Uh, I want to just read a couple of uh, quotes from your the preface and, and also the, the first line of the first chapter, and then just talk, ask you about why you, you felt compelled and inspired to write this particular book. You said, The world we live sure. in now is a mess, both intellectually and morally. There seems to be little on which we can all agree. First line of chapter one says, We have a problem. We are surrounded by people who do not understand what they are doing or why they do what they do. So <laughs> maybe that answers the question of why, why you wrote the book. But uh, why did you find this... Uh, what inspired you to write this one? Well, you know, I, I taught for uh, for very many years, and I, I saw that students be- began to have an awareness of, hey, I'm being lied to, and my family is being lied to, and there are powers and principalities that want to eat my soul, and I don't have any ready defense against them. So th- this is... This is an opportunity to boost your intellectual and, and moral immune system. It, it's a way of learning how to protect your soul and the souls of those you love. Yeah, and we were talking uh, during the first half of the uh, program, Father, about today being 9-11, and the, the country 19 years ago today was united around at least a common agreement that what happened that day was wrong. But it seems like there right. isn't much agreement these days, as you allude to in that one statement, that there, we don't agree on a whole lot, but even the, the, the common principles of morality, right? Well, yes. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to be writing a, an article soon that says uh, what we want to avoid is uh, moral disputation where finally someone says, shut up because conscience. <laughs> and, and, and that's the end of it. Uh, we have to learn to, we have to know how to talk to each other about what is right and wrong, good and evil, just and unjust, etc., etc. We don't have a common vocabulary, we don't have standard measures, we don't have a set of tools, and then we use the word conscience as our magic get-out-of-jail-free card. Don't hold me accountable, don't ask me to offer evidence for why I believe what I believe. And, and, and that's, that's suicidal, it's been disastrous for our, our culture. When we don't have common principles and a common vocabulary, then then the first and last resort is violence in one form or another, yeah. as we're seeing right now. This book gives you the basis for an alternative. Mm. So do you do you take up a, and encourage a Socratic method then in this in this kind of situation, especially? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, but you know, 
uh, being a Socratic figure is, is really hard. So I, I never taught by saying, well, how do you feel about X, Y, or Z? Yeah. When I was in the classroom, I told students, when you announce uh, your position with, I feel that, I'm going to interrupt you and tell you, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I, I want to know what you can prove, what, what you can argue for. So what I used to do with students was called daily depredations. I'd give them a, a headline or something I, I found on the internet, and I said, take a few moments, read it through, write a response, tell me what you think. I said, then I'm going to go through it line by line and show you what you missed. And I'm going to train your eye to detect lies and then train your eye for where you can insert the truth. So it's kind of the Socratic method, uh, but amped up, tur- dialed up to 11, if you will. You know, Father, nice. uh, it's uh, something has gone wrong in the uh, the education of uh, Catholics in particular. I know there's a quote wow. in the preface, a preface of your book by Justice Kennedy uh, of the Supreme mm-hmm. Court, and uh, it's kind of a famous quote on his opinion in uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, and I think it kind of highlights the problem in our culture today. He said, and this is a Supreme Court justice, a Catholic one, uh, 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 he says, quote, at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life, end quote. Wow. Wow. I mean... Sounds like God. Yeah. I mean, is that not... And and this is not talking about, you know, running a stop sign. This is about human life issues. This is about life and death, about, about babies being killed in the womb. We got a problem, don't we? Oh, my goodness, yes. I mean, what, what if my approach to life is I get to take your stuff and beat you down if you object? Right? Justice Kennedy, who has received uh, uh, awards from self-identified Catholic law school as a champion of human rights, is giving us a, a moral theory that, that wouldn't make it in a better class of fortune cookie. We can <laughs> certainly do better than that. As people who can breathe and see and can count to ten, and as people who've received the revelation of God entrusted to the Catholic Church, we don't have to settle for that nonsense. Yeah. Do your students come alive? I mean, by by the end, are they are they are they like just you know really digging this and moving? <laughs> You know, I have to say for the most part, yes. You know, as I introduced, I said, hey, I can teach you in a matter of weeks to be an anti-relativist ninja. They said, oh, Father, I can't wait to go home at Thanksgiving break and confront (laughs) Uncle Fred and Cousin Mildred about their nonsense. And I said, right, you don't have to be afraid. Uh, As I said, you can have your intellectual and moral immune system boosted, and then you can be a champion and an advocate for the truth. So my my book, Real Philosophy for Real People, is really, it's a course in philosophical self-defense. Nice. Very good. Another quote from your your preface, uh, you you talk about some of the the bad philosophy that's come down over the the, the last few centuries, and you talk about some philosophers, quote, they question the existence of any reality outside the mind, yet they correct the waiter when he brings the wrong order. (laughs) So there's an inconsistency, isn't there? Well, well, yes. Well, you know, this is where I, I quote my late great mentor, uh, Paul Weiss, he said, philosophers let theories get in the way of what they and everyone else know. And, and, you know it, it, it's very simple. Gosh, I'm not sure if there's anything out there other than, other than me. And that, hey, you cut in front of me. 
<laughs> well, 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 how do you know that? Yeah. You know, uh, there, there's there's a book called Naming the Elephant. He said, you know, if you're at a cocktail party and some philosophy professor says, we can't be sure about anything, whisper in his ear and say, dude, your fly's open. If he looks, <laughs> then he's a fraud. Right? There's a certain sense in which philosophy is not that hard because it, 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 it encourages you to have a firm grasp of the obvious. <laughs> oh, that's, my goodness. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, comments or questions? Father Robert McTague is joining us. Uh, Real Philosophy for Real People, Tools for Truthful Living, uh, uh, which is published by Ignatius Press, with an afterword by another great Jesuit, Father Robert Spitzer, uh, who we, we love. 877-757-9424. Uh, I, one of your chapters, Father, is uh, on ethics, the art and mm-hmm. science of evaluating human behavior in terms of ought and ought not. And, you know, you get, you get a group of second graders in a line for lunch, and one of them cuts in line, and they're going to say, oh, you can't do that. I mean, we naturally have a sense of ought and ought not, but it seems right. like in our, you know, we were talking about some crazy stuff in the culture, like this cuties movie, and, uh, but, uh, you know, what, how, what's, how do we get just back to a basic ground-level notion of ethics? Well, you know, start with what children know. Children know how to say yes and no, they know how to say mine, and they know how to say that's not fair. And, and then and that becomes a building block. You know, kids know don't be a jerk, don't lie, yeah. and don't take people's stuff. Right? And you can build a civilization on that. And what I do is drill down to say this is why it's true. This is not just the argument of the stronger, it's the stronger argument. So I, I with this book, I because I, this is all battle tested. Basically, this is what I taught in in classrooms for twenty years with with undergraduates. I said I I can bring uh, a willing nineteen year old to a high degree of sophistication in a matter of weeks. Right? In a certain sense, it's not that hard. It's a matter of will. The problem is we live in a culture right now that loves something other than the true and the good. So I can give you the tools, but we also need to call one another to conversion. Amen. Wow. Definitely. All yeah. right, 16 uh, minutes before the hour, Father McTague joins us. Real philosophy for real people. And, <clears throat> you know, uh, the word philosophy sometimes frightens people, doesn't it? Uh, they, they, they think of the abstract. They don't think of philosophy as applying to everyday life. And I think that's in the very title of your book, you're saying, no, this is practical. This is something that really can apply to our everyday life, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, we think of, of philosophy as, as a caricature, that it's these very vague abstractions. You know, uh, what's the ontological status of the reality of the maybe? And we all doze off. I said, no, no, no. Uh, philosophy is always at work, whether we like it or not, or whether we know it or not. Uh, philosophy is ultimately about claims about the true and the good, about you know, what is a person, what, we, what may we do to persons, and who is God. And those, the answers to those questions have real rubber meets the road, nitty-gritty, life-and-death answers and consequences. It's something we cannot afford to get wrong. We've been getting it wrong for a very long time. This book can help you to not get it wrong. Yeah. We don't talk to, uh, at length before you came on about uh, the, the issue of abortion. Uh, I, I just, it's, it's, it's amazing to me to think that we can't come to a consensus 
Uh, I mean, especially, I mean, abortion's wrong at every single stage of, of the, the gestation period. But, uh, I mean, now we're talking about killing babies, right, you know, a week before they're born or in some cases leaving them to die afterwards. And, well, this is a, a real stain in our country. And so let, let's just talk about that issue in particular. How, how do we turn, turn this one around where we're still debating this, whether to kill babies in the womb? Science is very clear this is the baby. Well, what, what's your thoughts on that, Father? You know, I mean, it's actually really very simple. We're only as safe as the most vulnerable member of our society. And if we can rationalize the death of any one innocent person, then we can rationalize the death of everyone and anyone. It's really very, very clear. It's not hard. It's not mysterious. You know, we get all weepy about defending the voiceless and the vulnerable, et cetera, et cetera, but then we fall silent about life in the womb. That's absolute nonsense. A person is a human being from the moment of conception. Any being of human origin is a full person. You're never a person with. Uh, you're never a potential person. You're a person with potential. And whenever we countenance the death of an innocent human person, we're, we're putting a gun to the head of every individual and to every human community. And we have to name that for what it is. This isn't very hard. Yeah, that, that's for sure. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. I love how you talk about humility and docility uh, and open-mindedness. You know, speak about that because a lot of times we think that we just got to kind of cram our opinions down everybody's throat and overpower them. And, uh, you, you know, but you're, you're talking about the, these virtues that sometimes, you know, maybe even meekness or uh, what about humility? How, what role does that play in, in, in philosophy? Humility is rooted in telling the truth. If Tiger Woods says, I'm a really lousy golfer, he's not humble, he's just a bad liar. (laughs) We have to start by telling the truth about ourselves and and about God. We're called by God for the true, the beautiful, and the good, and to live a life in time so that we can be ready to live with him for eternity. And we messed that up, and God saved us and offered us a plan B. So that's humility rooted in the truth. My mentor, Paul Weiss, taught me a good philosopher is as ready to be corrected as he is to be correct. And so he would make his best case and say, if I'm right, here's where I'm right. If I'm wrong, here's where I'm wrong. At least let us make an effort that's worthy of a refutation. And it is a false humility to say, as some people have done in prominent venues in recent weeks, abortion is above my pay grade. Shame on them. They know better. Yeah. You know, Father, it's it's really great to hear about this book and everything. But how do we, how do we get young people, the youth, teenagers, interested in philosophy and interested in having these these conversations? And a lot of them, you know, like we said earlier, they think of philosophy and they think, oh, that's a it's a big word that I don't really know how to define. How do we get them interested in having these conversations with uh, with even older people? Well, say, hey, do you like being lied to? Well, no, <laughs> you know. Th- Do you know that you're lied to all the time? Really? Yeah. Here's some examples. Would you like to learn how to protect yourself against that? Yeah. Tell me more. Yes, we want to win arguments, but above all, we want to win souls. And honestly, you've got to appeal to self-interest. You're being lied to. There are people and powers and principalities that want to hurt you and those you love. 
And this book and what's in it can boost your moral and, uh, and intellectual immune system. Let me help you out with that. Yeah, and you know, I think Alex, you know this. I, I, Father, I teach a class for high school kids, the entire Summa Theologia. And, oh, God, uh, you know, yeah. Dr. Malloy asked you earlier about, do they, do they dig it? I think he said, you know, yeah. and, and, the, and the, yeah. these kids really, uh, first of all, they can get the Summa. They can get Thomistic philosophy. They really can. I, sure. in fact, I believe you can teach, uh, basic principles of Thomistic philosophy to, to very young children. I mean, some of it's, you know, kind Absolutely, of, Absolutely, yes. Um, and, and I want to ask you about other resources because you mentioned, uh, your intent is to put together a set of philosophical tools to help one know what one should know. Uh, let me go mm-hmm. first to to the phone uh, and get and talk to Linda who has a question for Father Robert McTague. The book is called Real Philosophy for, uh, for Real People. Uh, Linda, thanks for calling. What, what's your question or comment for Father Robert McTague? Uh, yes, um, on your book on the real philosophy for real people is I I have a, a son-in-law that's in college right now, and uh, of course he has all these. Um, He's very liberal right now because of all the things that his professors have fed him. Um, what do you recommend for me, for him, uh, or an approach to for him um, to get him to maybe read on this book? Uh, well, again, it just say, hey, do you ever think that you're being lied to? Do Do you ever think that there? Do, do you believe that everyone you meet? has your best interests at heart? Well, no, of course not. Would you like to figure out in advance how and why people are lying to you? Do you want to have not only a lie detector and a truth detector, do you want to have a lie refuter and a truth promoter? They said, if you're interested in that, and every human being is, then I've got the book for you. Rather than saying, hey, you're wrong about everything and I'm scared for you, read this. That just triggers (laughs) defensiveness. (laughs) You know, you have to appeal exactly. to a kind of enlightened self-interest, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, thank you so much. But uh, yeah, he's, just, he's a big history uh, buff, and, and of course, I don't know the history that they're teaching right now, and, and America is horrible uh, to him, you know, because of what their teachings are, of course, of our past, and so that's why I was very interested in your book. Yeah. Well, I, I think that this book will be helpful, and, and, and you can present it in, in a very non-threatening and very engaging way. Yeah. Okay. Linda, thanks for the call. appreciate you calling in. we got a few more minutes with Father McTagg, 877-757-9424. And, um, you know, you, Father, it almost seems like the formation should happen before they go to college. I think a really well oh, gosh, for, yes. well-formed uh, 18-year-old heading off to college should be bulletproof against, like, we had a, we had a, a guy in studio a month ago or so who said he was in a class at a university in Texas and it was it wasn't even a philosophy class and the teacher asked him to read the communist manifesto do you remember that <laughs> it's like it wasn't even related to the subject matter but uh, anyways uh, we got we got to get them young and i think that's what we've been kind of hitting at yes 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 uh, look uh parents are meant to be the first and best teachers 
of their children. You know, the family is meant to be the domestic church. The the family is is meant to be the first school of love. You know, the the late great John Senior said, you know, people say, hey, let's have a great books program and turn these barbarians uh, into into civilized people. He said, no, it's too late by then. Mm-hmm. He said, if you don't have your moral imagination formed by the time you're 18, then great books program is just going to make you a, a well-read skeptical dilettante. Now, <laughs> yes, this bu- this book can help do search and rescue, absolutely. But if you've got a very bright junior or senior in high school, then then this is the book they need before you let them go out the door. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, the the, the mom and dad can read it and then take some of these principles and, and talk to their, yes. you know, 13, yes. 14-year-old uh, before they even get into high school. But anyways... Uh, Father, absolutely. Yeah, we're just about out of time. Uh, Father Robin McTague is our guest, uh, and the, the book is called Real Philosophy for Real People, Tools for Truthful Living. I love it. Afterward with Father Robert Spitzer. Is he a friend of yours? I know a fellow Jesuit. Oh my goodness, yes. We we were uh, in doctoral studies together when I was a layman. We had the same mentor uh, we wrote our dissertations on their poems, and Father Spitzer helped me to find my vocation as a Jesuit. So I, I owe him a, a, a debt of gratitude. He's he's a hero of mine. He's he's a genius. He's a, he's he's a good holy priest. Yeah, certainly. You also host uh, the show with the Station of the Cross. So, uh, we just have about a minute remaining. What what other issues do you find that you have to really continue to talk about because they're so important in our culture today? What what's uh, what 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 else would you like to formation talk about? of conscience? Yeah, formation of conscience is, is indispensable. Uh, my next column at Alitea, A-L-E-T-E-I-A dot org, uh, is going to be about conscience. Formation of conscience and, and human dignity and religious freedom. Uh, the right to worship are, are things that I talk about very frequently on the show. Yeah, and isn't it a, a, a teaching of the church that we should always follow our conscience, right? Uh, but well, then, then well, that gets well, into formation, should... right? Well, yes, yeah. You have you have an obligation to follow your conscience. You have an obligation to have a well-formed conscience. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to tip my hand. A well-formed conscience is one that is in harmony with what the church is always taught. Yeah. You can't just say because conscience, so shut up. That's not Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Father, thanks so much. Really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Ignatius Press uh, has published this book, Real Philosophy for Real People. Uh, I'm hoping it's in the Catholic bookstores. We always ask people to go there first. Uh, if, yes. if they don't find it in the Catholic bookstore, where, where should they get it? Uh, Ignatius.com or, or on Amazon. Uh, get it, read it, re- read a review, write a review, and then give it to someone else and buy another copy. Yeah, and I love uh, behind, uh, in the back, uh, Dr. Peter Kraft, uh, Father Robert Spitzer have all recommended it, Francis Beckwith, uh, Father Rutler. Um, uh, and uh, They've all been guests on my show, by the way. Oh. Everyone who wrote an endorsement has been a guest on my show. Oh, okay, so um, very good. So thanks so much, uh, Father. It's great to talk with you. Would you be able to uh, impart a blessing on our listeners before we say goodbye to you? Certainly. Through the intercession of St. Ignatius Loyola, may God's peace reign in your heart. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go in peace, and please pray for me. Thank you. We appreciate your time, Thank Father. You, Father. Great, great to, to speak you, with right. you. And uh, that just leaves you us with a, a minute or so, and maybe not even that much. Uh, we're going to do the after show afterwards, yeah. right? Uh, and you're going to hang around for a little bit? I will, yeah. I'm just still, that was a fascinating it, interview. It was. That was I'm just sitting here just sort of just yeah. listening. I don't want to say anything because it was so yeah, good. So, yeah, he's great. And, awesome. uh, and we didn't get an update on your rosaries that you gave away last time. We'll do that in the after yeah. show. Okay? Uh, so hang on, and Cecil will join us and be part of that conversation as well. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a great weekend. And uh, 
Um, we'll see you on Monday for the GRN Monday Show. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And may your Friday be filled with the joy of the Lord. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.